Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. Kids are, are like distracting right now. You know, you ever heard it, you know, they say like, uh, like you'll be talking and you lose focus, you're like squirrel. Like, like I want to talk, but I see the kids. It's like, DJ, stop running. <laughs> DJ's my son. He's always running. If you know DJ, he is always running. You guys excited about being here tonight? Amen. 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 This, I'm excited. This is our last uh, summer night, um, but this isn't the last night of our series. Pastor Trish will be closing out our series next week with Philippians chapter 4, so you want to make sure that you come back next Wednesday night um, for that. Um, normally, we don't, I, I try to do this. At, no, actually, I'll wait to the end to do that. I'm going to leave that right there. Uh, but y'all excited about school starting Monday? Yeah, yeah, I can hear all the parents that are excited. I am very excited. (laughs) The good thing is my kids are still of age where they're excited about going to school. (laughs) I know when they get, you know, in the teen, you know, up in the teen years, it's like, school's about to start, summer's over. But my kids are like super excited and then they go to a new school this year. So they are like, yes, we get to meet new people. So I know all the parents are greatly, greatly, greatly uh, excited. Well, I'm excited to have y'all here tonight, um, and we're going to go ahead and get started. Philippians chapter 3. Before we get uh, jump in, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your presence here, for your power here, God. And wherever your presence is, we know that there's joy, there's peace, there's love, there's healing. So God, if there's anything that we've come in with today, we surrender that to you right here in your presence, because we know that here is where you can change us. That we can leave here and not be the same way that we left out. So God, we pray, we thank you that you're going to speak to us today. Something that's going to change the course of our life. It's going to change our path. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. So you enjoying our series on Philippians, Finding Joy? Finding Joy. Listen, we, uh, our whole purpose or our goal in this series is to help you to understand not just how to find joy, and that's what I'm actually talking about today, finding joy and keeping it. So not just finding it, but keeping joy. And one of the things that, you know, that we often uh, do is we confuse happiness and joy. Happiness and joy are two totally different things. Because happiness is dependent on external things. Happiness is dependent on things going right. If everything is going right in my life, I'm happy. But joy is something that's found on the inside. That all hell can be breaking loose around me, but I still have joy on the inside. You know, that's why I really don't like it whenever whenever I give, we don't do counseling, but whenever I give spiritual guidance to couples, um, when a married couple or spouse says that, he doesn't make me happy, or she doesn't make me happy, or I'm not happy anymore. Well, that's a problem, because I've been married, next, with next Saturday, it'll be 12 years, woo, to so this amazing woman right here. 
I'm just amazed that she's put up with me for 13 years. We've been together 13, but married for 12. And so in those 13 years that we've been together and 12 years married, she doesn't make me happy all the time. And I know for sure I don't make her happy all the time. But I still have joy. And I still love her because things around us, like we're, we're going to have arguments. We're going to have or we, what we call heated fellowship. <laughs> we're going to have some heated fellowship, but that doesn't make me stop loving her because I'm not happy in the moment. And the same thing is it happens in our relationship with the father. We're not going to be happy with life all the time. And so just because you're not happy with the way or the course that your life is going, does that mean that you don't love God or that God doesn't love you? No. Happiness is based on things that go on around us, but joy is based on what I know and what I believe. I don't seem, I don't feel happy all the time, but I got joy. I may go to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, that spot that we saw is cancer. Can I tell you that I'm not going to be happy? But I'm going to have joy because what I know is that he was wounded for my transgressions and bruised for my iniquities, that the chastisement of my peace was upon him and with him by his stripes, I'm healed. So I have joy because of what I know. I have joy because of the truth, not because of the facts. The facts are that I may not be able to pay my rent this month, but the truth is that he supplies all my need according to his riches and glory. So I've got joy in that. Amen? So we want to help you to find joy and keep joy. And to let you know that joy is attainable. And to try to, to, to again, not confuse happiness and joy. So let's look at Philippians chapter 3. And I'm just going to step through a couple verses here. And if you, have, um, if you don't have, haven't downloaded our app, go ahead and download our mobile app. We've got some notes on there. There's some blanks on there. It's really cool. You can fill in the blanks as we go along. And at the end, you can email it to yourself, all that good stuff. If you don't have our app downloaded, we encourage you to do that. And then you can follow along in the notes. So you don't have to just see it when it goes up on the screen, but you can see it when, on your, your device. So Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. And it says, for we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. And so what we're going to see here all through this, this, this chapter, Paul is telling us how to find joy and how to keep joy. And the first thing that Paul tells us how we found, find joy right there at the top of verse 3 is to worship, letter A, worship God by his spirit. Amen. And now I'm not a, I'm not a uh, I, I say this pretty much all the time and I, and I see Pastor Rob back there so I got to put it in there again. <laughs> but I'm not a Greek Hebrew, Hebrew guy, that's Pastor Rob. He knows all those Greek words and I'll just jack it up. It'll sound like I'm speaking Spanish, but <laughs> and I don't even know Spanish. <laughs> But that Greek word for worship there means to serve. Now, uh, I'm on, of course, <laughs> of course I'm on the worship team, but on Thursday nights, uh, Pastor Cody has just uh, instituted, uh, probably it's been several weeks now, 
um, what he calls on Thursday nights, team time. Now, Thursday is when we have our worship rehearsal for Sunday. And he calls it team time. And we take just about 15 minutes and we do various different things. And it's good because we get to learn each other. We get to know each other. We get to build relationship. And just like he just said, because we believe that real life change happens in the context of relationships. And so it's in these moments where we forge relationships because it's one thing to just get up on the stage and just sing a song with someone, but it's another thing to get up on stage and worship with some, someone that you know, that you're in relationship with. And we have the same vision, we have the same goals. And so we're learning each other. And this, this last Thursday we had, we did a small group. Uh, we broke up into groups in fours and we had a list of five questions that we were kind of stepping through and just asking each other, you know, those questions. And one of the questions that, that we asked each other was, what does worship mean to you? And that can be a tricky question, but there's no right or wrong answer. And I think sometimes people think that there's a right or wrong answer, and there's, there's not. There's really no right or wrong answer because it's what does it mean to you? And so one of the responses was, in our group, was worship to them was, you know, they love standing on the stage and just lifting their hands and singing songs to God and then seeing other people do the same and just lifting their hands and worshiping him for all that he's done in their life. That was what worship meant to them. And that was amazing. And then when it got to me, I said, well, what worship means to me, it's not singing on the stage. It's not singing a song. It's not lifting my hands. It's not telling God how good he is. Worship to me means showing him how good he is in my life. Worship to me is showing someone how much God loves them and just telling them how much God loves them. Worship to me is seeing someone looking, uh, fumbling for change to try to get the right amount of money to pay for a bill. And I say, hey, don't worry about it. Go ahead, it's taken care of. That's worship to me, expressing love and compassion, showing what God has done to me to someone else. That's what worship means to me, showing, worshiping him, serving him with my life. Amen? Worship focuses on what's internal, what's on the inside. Our worship, our service to him focuses inwardly. And, and David writes in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, and we say this scripture all the time, that people judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Because my, work, my works are not always going to line up with what's on the inside of my heart. And I heard someone say this. I think it might have been Pastor Josh when he was preaching. And he talked about how, you know, people say, you know, sometimes that Christians are hypocrites. When the truth of the matter is, we're all hypocritical at some point in our life. We're all hypocritical because we don't dot every I, we don't cross every T, we don't do everything that the Word says all the time. So we all have an a, a opportunity or a chance to be Hypocritical in the definition of the word. But man looks at our works. God looks at what's on the inside. He looks at our heart. And our heart's not going to always line up with what we do. Paul even said, the good that I would do, I don't do. But that which I don't do or don't want to do, I often find myself doing. It's not in my heart. But sometimes we just make a mistake. Sometimes we just fall. You ever been walking down the street and there's no rocks, there's no stick, there's, no, there's nothing in the road, and then all of a sudden you just boop, you just trip? <laughs> the funny thing is though, and watch, when you see somebody trip, the first thing they're gonna do, they trip and they're gonna do. 
<laughs> what are you looking for? Did nobody jump up and grab your leg? No, you tripped. It's okay. <laughs> but it just happens. Because if it was up to us, because sometimes for some people that's embarrassing. If it was up to us, I don't want to trip. I don't want to fall. I don't want to make a mistake, but it just happens. It doesn't mean that you're not a good person. It doesn't mean that you don't have a good heart. It just happens. Mistakes happen. So worship God by his spirit. And then the second thing, letter B, uh, he says, for we who worship by the spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. And so what Paul is telling us here is to boast in Jesus. Boast in Jesus. Don't boast in your works. Don't stand in front of people and say, you know what? In my lifetime, I've got about 500 people saved to, uh, and, and they know who Jesus Christ is. And that was because of me. I remember I laid hands on this one person and they, they just got healed. They had cancer and it just went away. And if I hadn't laid my hands on that person, they wouldn't have gotten healed. Who are you boasting in? Boast in Jesus. Because at the end of the day, the works are not going to remain. It's not going to be what people look at. The scripture in Matthew, it says that let your good deeds or your good works cause people to glorify or honor your Father in heaven. Always point it back to him. Galatians 6 and 14, I love how Paul says this. He says, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. May I never boast in anything but the cross of Jesus Christ. Because it's, it would be easy for me to say that I, you know, I can stand up here and I can preach because I'm eloquent in speech and I'm not all that eloquent. <laughs> or I can read good or I can study good or I can do this thing or I, I've got charisma and, and you know, I, can, I, can, I can do that. It's easy for me to do that. It's easy for any of us pastors to stand up here and do that. But I can tell you that each one of us stand up here and we boast only in the cross of Jesus Christ because we realize that where we came from would basically not make us fit to stand behind this pulpit and to speak to you, but because the blood still has its power, because the cross, because of what Jesus did, we're able to stand right here. Not in our own works, but covered under the blood of Jesus. Think about this. What do you boast in? What do you boast in? Let's look at the next one. It says, in the, in the, at the end of verse three, he says that we put no confidence in human effort. And what Paul is telling us here, letter C, put no confidence in your flesh. Put no confidence in your flesh. Don't think that just because a temptation comes and you don't fall for the temptation. You can say, because I just, oh, I got so much self-control, I was able to not walk through that thing. That was because of me. Or if you see someone, and I've seen this, I've seen this before, and it just, it hurts my heart. You see someone in, in, a, in a marriage, and, I, and we're family church, so I have to, you know, bring that up. But when we, when we're, you, you see someone in a marriage and one of the, the, the spouses, um, you know, falls into adultery, an affair or something like that. And someone on the outside 
who may not have experienced that is saying, if that was me, see, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have even put myself in that position. I wouldn't have did this, and I would have done that differently. It's because they don't love that person. It's because they don't love themselves, and it's easy to judge when you're on the outside looking in. That's you putting confidence in your flesh. But on the flip side of it, if you see someone that is going through something like that, and you say, whoo, man, I know how that can feel. And God, if it wasn't for you, I probably would be in that same spot. So I pray that you help them, but I thank you that you continue to help me. And I'm trusting and I'm relying on you, not on my own flesh, not in my ability to say no, but in my ability to say yes to Jesus. Put no confidence in your flesh. Man, that clock is going by so fast. (laughs) Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 11. And I'm going to jump, actually, I'm going to jump down. No, let me read through it. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. And what Paul is talking about here is his works in a sense. Right up in, uh, I believe it's in in verse five, he starts to walk through uh, the things that he said, if anyone has any reason to boast, it's me. He said, I was circumcised. You know, I I, I did this this thing and I, I was very, I'm a scholar. You know, according to the law, I'm faultless. Like, you know, he, Paul ran through his resume, if you will. And so now he's saying here that I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Isn't that awesome? For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ, verse nine, and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. He's telling you, I'm not putting confidence in my flesh. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Not on your works. It depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Paul is saying that I'm able to do what I'm doing. Now, I can boast in my own works, but I'm not boasting in that. I'm boasting in the fact that I know him and he knows me and my life is found in him. Let me have a piece of paper. I just saw a piece of paper over here. Oh, Pastor Don took it. I'll take this one. No, you keep that. And then I need a Bible. Let me get a Bible really quick. Somebody got a Bible? Uh, yeah, this, this is good. It's, it's okay. Shame on all of you that have those electronic devices and no paper Bible. As I read from my electronic Bible. <laughs> so let's look at this. This paper is an example or indicative of your life. This Bible is an example of Jesus. And so what Paul is saying here is that you take your life and you place your life here in Jesus. Now, I can still see my life here, but I can also still see Jesus. But what happens when you place your life in Jesus Christ and you realize that it's not based on your works, but it's based on him, it's based on his sacrifice and that God makes you righteous, that God makes you worthy through Jesus, what happens is your life becomes covered in Jesus. 
Now, I can, t- I can turn it upside down. I can look all around, but I no longer see my life. The only thing I see is Jesus. No longer does God see your life. The only thing that God sees when he looks at you is Jesus because your life is covered by him. Your life is covered by the blood. Don't rejoice in your works. Rejoice in the fact that you're covered by Jesus. Amen? Thank you. So Paul is telling us here, and become one, in verse 9, and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. And this is one of my favorite points in my message. Letter D, Paul is telling us in verse 9 to lose religion and choose relationship. Lose religion and choose relationship. Because what religion says is that I have to dot every I and cross every T. What religion says is that I got to live this word by the letter. And if I make a mistake, oh, you're going to hell. That's what religion says. Religion says that you have, to be, uh, you have to be baptized in order to go to heaven. You've got to speak in tongues in order to go to heaven. You have to change your lifestyle. You can't sin not one more time in, in all of your life. You've got to live like a nun. Well, some nuns don't. I grew up in Catholic school, so. <laughs> but that's what religion says. stop laughing back there religion look at this number one is a joy killer because religion tells you that man I messed up God's mad at me he's angry I'm not going to get that promotion on my job because I sinned I messed up Man, I'm not going to get that car that I've been believing God for because I messed up. That's a joy killer, and that's religion. Because even in your mistake, Jesus, God still sees you through Jesus. And that's hard for some people to comprehend. That you mean to tell me that God doesn't see my mistake? Yep. When you're found in Jesus... So the mistake that I made, that I told God that I was never going to do it again, you mean to tell me, and I asked him for forgiveness and I repented for it, but I did it again, you mean to tell me he still doesn't see that? Yep. Because my life is found. It's hidden in Christ Jesus. Religion is a joy killer. Religion, number two, puts focus on you and on your works, but relationship keeps the focus on him. Religion puts the focus on you. Relationship keeps the focus on him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 11 through 15, I'm not going to read it, but it talks about the foundation that we, he, Paul talks about the foundation that we lay, and he say that if, if, any, if anything is built on top of, of a foundation um, with, uh, uh, it's going to be tested, basically. Your works are going to be tested. And so if you are building your, your foundation or your life on your own works, when the fire comes, and this is what Paul says here, when the fire comes and your works are going to be tested, what's going to happen? If you build your house on hay, which is based on your works, and that fire comes, what's going to happen? It's going to burn down. But if you build your house on the foundation of Jesus Christ, when the fire comes, your house is still going to be standing. 
But I love how Paul talks about the grace of God too in that. Because in verse uh, 15, put that up for me. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 15. Look at that. It says, but if it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. That's grace. So you mean to tell me, even if I build my life on works, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord, and I build my life on works, and the fire comes, and it's going to be tested, I'm going to suffer loss, but guess what? Because of God's love and because of his grace, you'll still be saved. Even though only as one escaping through the flames, you're going to get out, you're going to barely get out, but you're going to make it out. There's still grace. John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And everything you do, do it through Jesus. Remember this, our good works without Christ as our motivation will never bring us joy. Our joy is found in our salvation through Jesus and in Jesus alone. If you hear anything that I say tonight, hear that. Your, your, your uh, salvation or your joy is found in your salvation through and in Jesus. Philippians 3.13, he says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Letter E. You find and you keep your joy by forgetting the past. Now, forgetting the past doesn't mean that you're erasing it, that you're acting as if it never happened. Because erasing and forgetting are completely different things. You're not erasing the past. You can't go back and change it. You can't turn the hands of time back and go back in the past and do something different. But you can forget it. That's a choice that you make. It's just like with a computer. If you have a file, a picture, video, something you don't want people to see, you may delete it from that computer, but you don't delete, you don't erase it from the memory. It can still be found. It can still be recovered. It's just like your life. It didn't erase your past because you came to Jesus. The past is still there, but you can choose to forget it. There's only certain times that you should look back at your past. One time, actually, you should look back at your past to see how far you've come. You should look back at your past to see how good God is. When you're going through something and, and, and you need that little faith boost, that builder to let you know that you can still make it through this, you can look back at your past and see that God delivered you from that. And he's the same God then, he's the same God now. But sometimes looking back at your past often results in going back, falling back into some of the same things that you have been delivered from. Luke 9, 62 says, but Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom. You remember Lot's wife? Father told him, run out of that city and don't look back. Run out of there. Don't look back. And what'd she do? She looked back. She turned into a pillar of salt. So 
So you find your joy by forgetting the past. And then look at number three. Free yourself from the bondage of your past. Some of you are in bondage for your past, from, of your past right now. Your past is holding you bondage. It's not allowing your marriage, your relationship to flourish because you're holding on to things in your past. You can't get that breakthrough that you're, that you're looking for because you're still holding on to things emotionally in your past. And for some, you may have a good man or you may have a good woman alongside of you and you're making them pay for the pains of your past. Stop it. Forget defined, and I love this. This is one def definition of forget, to forget. It means to disregard on purpose. To disregard on purpose. Remember this. Do not allow your past failures, hurts, and disappointments to keep you from experiencing joy in your life. As the team comes up, Philippians 3.14. I want to finish with this one. I thought I copied it on my notes, but I didn't. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Paul says, I forget the past. I reach forward to the future. I press on. That word press... It shows some kind of action. It shows that there's going to be work. It's not going to be easy to continue to press on. But Paul says, I purpose in myself to press on toward the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And so letter F, last. See the goal. See the goal. Faith faces forward. Have you ever watched a race? When someone is running, they're sprinting, or, or whatever the case may be. Have you ever seen a race and they run and their head is down? Anybody ever seen that? No. That was a trick question. If you, if you watch sprinters, the only time their head's down is when they first start, and then their head comes up. And then their eyes are faced to the finish line for the rest of the race. They don't run with their head down. They run with their eyes face, facing the goal. Never lose sight of the finish line because that's where your joy lies. Your joy lies in keeping your eye on the finish line. It may seem so far, but I'm gonna get there. When I look down, I'm starting to focus on my circumstances. I'm starting to focus on life. I'm starting on focusing on things not going the way that I expect them to be or that I want them to be. But when I keep my eyes fixed on the goal, I don't see the person running next to me. I can't even see if they're behind me. All I know is that I'm gonna reach that goal. Hebrews 12, verse one through 12. says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set for us. Watch this. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, 
the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Jesus ran his race and was able to endure that cross, that race, because his eyes were set on the joy that awaited him. Well, what was the joy that awaited Jesus? Well, of course it was being back with the Father, but it was you. When Jesus was running that race, when he was walking up that hill to get on that cross, when he was walking and being beaten and being spit on and being uh, struck in his back and being hit and talked about and laughed at, he saw Donna at the end of that, ra- at the, at the end of that race. He had his eyes focused on the end. He saw Carmelita. He was running. He was getting beat, but he looked up and he saw Marie. He fell down. The cross fell down on top of him. But he got back up and he looked forward and he saw Rebecca and it gave him strength to keep going. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.